I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP show. Today we have Shane Young joining me to learn about his story, really. And, and, you know, he's one of the most prolific YouTubers out there in our space. Over 70,000 subscribers to his channel all around Power Apps, Power Platform, uh, and that type of thing. So tune in, listen to what he does, uh, how that works for him, and his recommendations um, if you're starting your career in the space. Full show notes can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 235. Let's get on with the show. Hey Shane, welcome to the MVP show. Thanks Mark, my mom will be super proud of me, so I'm very excited. <laughs> so good to have you on the show, of course last night, uh, well last night because it's first thing in the morning for me, but uh, I suppose a bit different where you're based, we both found out that we've been renewed as MVPs, so how many years is that for you now? That is 15 years, can you believe that? 15, Woo. It's a long time in the program. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. My MVP award will be able to start driving next year, right? It's going to want a learner's permit and all that. So. <laughs> yeah, that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. What category did you originally come in as? So I was one of the very first SharePoint people. Um, so I rode that train for as long as I could. And then, uh, you know, kind of got sidetracked somewhere along the way and became a power apps and power platform type of guy. So Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, I think Microsoft saturated the SharePoint uh, market. In other words, anybody that wants SharePoint kind of knows what it is and can get it now. And I'm just wondering if that the Power Platform's that next thing for Microsoft, you know, that next wave for them to generate licensing around, et cetera, and, and educate a whole new world with it. I hope so. That was kind of the bet that I was taking. You know, I, I joined SharePoint, you know, like I said, very, very early in that one. And rode that one to its ascent to a billion dollar product and you know i got off the bus and i said all right you know what's next and one of my good friends kind of moved roles into a power apps role at microsoft and he said hey i'm doing this power apps thing and i'm like cool i'm in and so i just dove in and i can tell you that yeah I, it's it's got the same you know feeling at the beginning and you know i'm a couple years into it now almost three i think and and, and it's on that same trajectory that SharePoint was. So I, I think it is. I think you're right. That's kind of their next big play. So, Yeah, yeah, so true, so true. So tell us, Shane, whereabouts in the world are you based, and what do you do when you're not doing uh, work? <laughs> well, so I am in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is basically just the middle of America, if anyone's like, uh, I don't know where Cincinnati, Ohio is. I don't blame you. Nothing exciting here. Um, and... Honestly, you know, being a small business owner, I mostly just work. Um, you know, I've got two kids that are, you know, in competitive sports. So if I'm not working, I usually am at kid practice for this or that. But, you know, the current lockdown situation of the world kind of makes some of that hard. hard. So I just work a lot. <laughs> so so how has the, the COVID situation affected your life? Um. 
on a personal basis, it completely reset. You know, I mentioned the kids playing sports. Most of them, between the two of them, basically seven days a week, we were at some form of kids practice, which is insane. And I realized it probably makes me a bad parent. Whatever. Don't judge. Um, but the kids wanted to do it, so we supported it. And so we went from, you know, that to nothing overnight. And, you know, from, so from a personal perspective, it's completely changed what I do all the time. And it's been interesting kind of coping with, you know, being home all the time. Yeah, yeah. Do you have, are you totally separated away? I see from your videos that you obviously have a, a bit of a studio, but does it uh, allow you separation a bit from the family so you can do focus time? Um, not really. So I use, uh, I've used the basement. I've worked from home for really the entire 15 years I've been an MVP. So I've always kind of lived in this world where you just go downstairs and, you know, and at certain points, the kids did a great job and no big deal. And at this point, you know, they're old enough. They kind of run wondering and they're like, Hey, I can see you're not on a call. Let me talk to you. I'm like, Oh, go away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting, interesting. I noticed across your career you've written a bunch of books. Um, what's that experience like? Terrible. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the SharePoint space, uh, I wrote six different uh, books along the way. I co-authored, right? I always had help. Um, but, yeah, and, you know, most of them are four to 500-page tomes, um, so... You know, I, I don't know, I, I kind of, so book writing is interesting, you know, it's, I enjoy it from the standpoint of, I, I'm a natural, I, I like to teach, so I've, I've taught training forever, I've written, uh, so I enjoyed that side of it, but man, somewhere in that process, you just, you know, you learn to hate the English language, right, you learn to hate trying to make sentences sound better and not repetitive, I'm like, but I want to say the same thing again, which you can't, um, so I always tell people never they should never write a book, but uh, I've written six, so I don't listen. I find it like so much work for almost so little return in when you're writing tech books. Yes. You, you know, there's definitely no financial benefit as in, you know, people get all excited about maybe their 10 grand advance. And I'm like, do you realize how many hours it's going to take for you to do this? Your 10 grand, your hourly rate's going to be pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a great point, right? If anyone's ever thinking about it, is you know, you don't write books to make money, right? You're not going to write Harry Potter. Um, but if you've got something that goes along with it, you know, in our, my case, right, I had a SharePoint consulting company. And so it drove revenue and it drove credibility for the business. Then, it, then the math works out a little better. But if you're like, you know, you have a full-time job at a big corporate place, right? There is just no upside for you writing a book. Carry on. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, and I feel the same way about, you know, when I talk to people about wanting to be YouTube stars, right? You know, a couple of years ago, I made the change to, I make a lot of YouTube comments, or comments, I make a lot of YouTube comments, I do do that. But I make a lot of YouTube content, and, you know, people are always infatuated with this idea of, oh, you can get ad revenue, and, you'll, you know, every thousand views, you'll make a million dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like, you know, you can't, you can make money at it, right? I'm not going to say you can't, but you've got to have that other thing that you sell right you've got to have it's got to be driving value other than you're just not gonna make money off ad. you're not gonna make enough money off ads you've got to have that that thing that goes along with it yeah yeah so true so true now you bring up a youtube and i see you've uh, as of right now you've got seventy thousand um subscribers that's uh you must have the biggest in our space the biggest youtube channel out there 
Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Other than a guy in a cube, right? But they, they work for Microsoft, so I don't consider them consider that fair. Tell us about that journey. Um, so that was a, an interesting one, you know. So if you back up just a little bit, you wanted my whole life story. I know you did. Um, you know, I sold my first SharePoint company, and then I went and worked for the people who bought it for a few years. And when I was done with them, I um, I kind of came out like, all right, what do I do now? And so I tried a little of this, a little of that. And at some point, I was like, you know, I really got into PowerShell, of all things. And so I made some PowerShell videos, and I like, I kind of enjoy this. So I made some more PowerShell videos. And, you know, I, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, I have one PowerShell video that is just shy of a million views. Wow. I know. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I realized, you know, remember we talked about earlier, you know, you can't, I wasn't going to make any money off of just the videos. And it turns out that no one is willing to pay for PowerShell consulting. Yeah. Isn't that crazy, right? <laughs> it really is. They're like, hey, I'm stuck in all these things. I'm like, cool, I can write that for you. You know, it's going to be X number of dollars. And they're like, well, why would I pay you for that? I'm like, well, I, I, I like to eat dinner. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so then I kind of transitioned. That was about the time I got into the Power Platform. And that's uh, – with Power Apps, I was kind of one of the very first people to start putting content out there. And I kind of, it sounds terrible, right? But I kind of captured a lot of the audience before the other creators showed up. So I've, I've kind of got a big head start. And as you know, with that type of stuff, it kind of snowballs, right? You're, I'm sure it's the same with this show, right? Your subscriber count, though it, it just grows exponentially. The bigger it gets, the faster it grows. Over, yeah, the, the, and the longer you're doing it. But I mean, I think last year when I, I was, I'm just trying to work out when we last met at a conference and it was, there's definitely at MVP Summit. And I think you had around 30,000 there. So in, in a year, you've doubled, well over doubled your numbers. Amazing. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's it's consistent content and just, you know, I think I'm scratching the right itch. I, I would not say that my content is just amazing stuff. It's just I scratched the right itch, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for, for those out in the community thinking that, you know, YouTube might be their thing, what's as an, and we're talking, of course, about technical YouTubing and, and you know, in the Power Platform space, what's your, what's your advice? Um, so a couple of weird things kind of, you know, one is – YouTube is not a place for you to show how smart you are, right? A lot of people are like, oh, I know this really hard thing. I'm going to make a video on it, which is awesome. I'm glad you know it. But there's like five people in the world that want to watch that video. Whereas when you make a video like my intro to PowerShell, which is literally the most simple PowerShell stuff you could ever imagine, turns out there's a million people on the internet that want to watch that, literally. So, so making content that has brought broad appeal while, while not being generic. You have to be specific, but trying to stay at that higher level is, is a key. Um, another big facet of it is, <laughs> this seems so simple, don't be boring. I, there are so many good, so much good content on YouTube, but the presenter is just, they just can't, you know, put any voice inflection in there. They can't have any fun. You know, on my... My videos, I, I leave in my mistakes. I, I make dumb faces. I, I, I do silly things. And it's that's just me, right? I'm, it's not me putting on a show. It's just my personality. But I leave my personality in the content, and the users tend to resonate with that. So Yeah, yeah. What's, um, you know, 
often, you know, kind of comments and stuff I get, you know, from a podcasting perspective is what's your technology, you know, is there a pattern, uh, that type of thing. How much dependency do you put around the tech, whether it be your camera, your mic, your kind of your environmental setup as, and then what's your kind of rules of thumb that you kind of work to with um, producing videos nowadays after, you know, three years of doing it solidly? Yep. Nope. Uh, well, strangely enough, uh, the most important facet of a good video is your audio quality. Um, so if you're looking to get into the game, you know, the first thing you do is you buy a good mic. Um, from there, you know, almost any modern webcam will record your face just fine. Um, and then with that, I'm, I'm a big fan of a software called Camtasia. Uh, so I use that for all my editing, recording needs. You know, it does the picture-in-picture built-in. And it's got a lot of advanced features, but I'll be honest, Mark, I don't use many of them, right? I just kind of... I record, I, I, you know, cut out the dog barking. I cut out, uh, you know, when I sneeze. But for the most part, I try to, I try to leave, you know, like I said, if I screw up the formula, I'm like, all right, you know what? They're going to screw the formula up too. It's okay. And, mm, mm, mm. and I get a lot of comments back from people where they're like, that's, I, I love that you leave that, right? I love that you showed, you know, that this isn't just all smoke and mirrors. It's really, it's real. Uh, so so yeah, so Camtasia, a good mic, and then an average video camera is more than enough. Um, and then from there, I think you just, you, you tune. You know, if I look at kind of how my hardware has evolved over the last three years, I mean, it definitely has, but I didn't need any of that to get started. I started on a Logitech headset in a, you know, a $10 Microsoft Live cam or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about the, the, the kind of rules of thumb you follow around producing videos? Um, so the biggest thing there, and and I probably had this chat with a lot of people at the time, so I've kind of refined my messaging. But one thing you have to remember is that on YouTube, people have a very short attention span, right? So so your podcast subscribers, they all know you. They know you're going to put out an amazing show. They don't. They're not judging the show every every episode, right? Whereas on YouTube, most of my traffic is not my subscribers. It is random people that are finding me. So. I try to make sure in the first 20 seconds of that video that I am very clear, you know, hey, in today's show, you're going to learn this, 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 and this. You know, I, I try to really spell that out because I look at it, you know, so that's my audition. All right? If I get them through that first 20 seconds, then I use the next minute and a half or so to give them some, some tangible details. You know, this is the function. This is the, the weeds we're going to get lost in. And then I get into the show. And, and I think that's what a lot of people miss is that, You've got to be a used car salesman in that first 20 seconds because people just don't have a, they, you know, people are get bored real fast. So. so interesting. Tell us about the Power Platform. You know, you've been in it three years. What are, what are the kind of the highs, the lows, the and your expectation for the future? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I think the, the high and the low at the same time is the pace of change. Right. You, you know, you've been uh, in this space for, what, 10 years now yourself, you know, and that constant evolution, I it, it sometimes gets exhausting. Um, you know, just today, uh, so I'm working on an article for like kind of like a power platform roundup. And somebody's like, oh, where's your power virtual agent content? I'm like, 
oh my god because <laughs> i hadn't even i hadn't even thought of it literally completely missed my mind but that's part of our power platform and i'm like i guess i should learn that have you played with it much yeah i've, I've um i integrated it to my website and stuff like that and um gave it a good run when it first came out and um and and hit the walls so to speak you know uh um but i haven't done much more since then so it was probably what was that it came out oh about 8 months ago 9 months ago now yeah yeah but yeah not not a, not a heck more after that so you're much further along than i am so but I, I think that's the big challenge with the power platform is that rate of change keeping up with what's going on um one of my favorite facets though is what I refer to as the, the democratization, easy for me to say, of that, um, you know, of AI and those other really tough technologies. It's just amazing, you know, an accountant can jump into Power Platform and go in, open up a wizard and design an AI model by clicking some boxes around some content and then say train. And, you know, an hour later, they are, you know, doing artificial intelligence against their own data set. And they didn't write a single line of code. They don't even understand what it means. They just know that they pointed at the data and they get what they want. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's going to get more like that, right? As in, as in, you know, when Azure first came out, as an example, it had all these discrete, highly technical things it could do. And oftentimes there was like three or four services that could do one thing. And people were going, you know, we don't want to have to work out what thing to use as is the right for us necessarily, we just want to, and so therefore you, you get products like we have now with AI Builder that says, you know, you don't have to worry about all those details under the hood. You can just get in and get involved. Right. And, and I mean, isn't that amazing that we, you don't have to be super nerd to, to do those type of things. I, uh, I just finished um, a mixed reality starter app that I haven't released yet to the world, but it's, it's still got some, um, there's still some kinks in the, the mixed reality uh, bits coming out of Microsoft yet. Um, but but the fact that I did this thing, you know, in, in just a, one Sunday afternoon, I built this app to, you know, do a bounding box around my kitchen table and I could move it around and see where else it might fit in the room. That's and it. I just, it's ridiculous. That's so, and so th you did that all in a power app as well? Yes, yes. So I just built a mobile power app, opened up my phone. I'm like, oh, look. Um, you know, the other one is, so on my uh, YouTube channel, I, I feature Chewy, which is my uh, big giant Labradoodle on a lot of different content. And uh, so I have these still images of him. And so I was using mixed reality to put like pictures of Chewy beside Chewy on the couch. Like, which one's the real Chewy? And and if you spend enough time, I could make it like, I really would have to look at it and go, which one's Chewy and which one's the picture of Chewy? I, I was blown away. Yeah. Last year in Barcelona, I think uh, Sasha did the the presentation and demo of the release of the new HoloLens. And one thing that kind of struck me there is the idea of having a virtual meeting with a virtual, what I would call a war room from, you know, my consulting days, which is where, you know, you would go and strategize around a customer's um, project. You know, it might be a, a, a two-year project and you would, all these artifacts would be put around the walls and stuff. But of course, as soon as, you know, that, you know, you'd get signs on the door saying, don't take anything off the walls. Don't move anything because it's so critical. And what they showed there is this possibility of, you know, everyone can chuck their headset on, doesn't matter where you are in the world and you can create these virtual rooms. 
with all those artifacts in there. And in six months' time, if you want to jump back to what your meeting was and what was put up on the wall, you can virtually do it. I just, it's a pity that the whole HoloLens headsets, all that kind of stuff is one, not at a consumer level pricing, you know, the price of an iPhone, for example. And, and I think it would have changed the whole way COVID run if just about everybody, you know, in business had uh, one of those headsets. Yeah, I, I had not seen that demo, but Mike, the fact that that doesn't melt my mind that you could just build this virtual room and coming back to it six months later just tells you like our, our level of expectations. Like it, it's no longer shocking when they do something that is quite frankly shocking. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 one, I saw the other day a video of two people playing table tennis in two different locations um, virtually. So it, it, it took the trajectory of the ball, all that kind of stuff. They were in, you know, the cameras were on, so you're getting that physical-looking person on the other side. And it was, yeah. How, like, oh, it just blew my mind that people in two different offices could play table tennis like that, and it was as near real as you could get. You could talk smack, you could do, you know, any of that type of thing. Um, the vir- Yeah, the virtual world's gone nuts. Um, we're almost up on time. Um, what advice would you give to newcomers um, joining our industry or even wanting a career in this space? Just go do it. Um, there's no magic, you know, puzzle here. There's no like skill set you have to bring to the table. For the most part, it is just people jumping in and trying to build an app. You know, and what I would say that 50% of the people I talk to are not from an IT background, they, they know their business rules and they just jump in and they try and they've built some of the best apps because they don't have preconceived notions. You know, it, one of them is a, uh, a CFO and, you know, this trucking company, right? And he's like, all right, I built this app and he showed it to me. And I'm like, oh my goodness, dude, you could just do this for a living. So it's not, it's just going and doing it. And it's unfortunately, I think to be really good at this, you need to have some level of a passion for it because it, the rate of change you and I talked about earlier, you know, you've got to be willing to keep up, but if you want to dive in, find an app you want to build, build yourself an app, go from there. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Mate. Okay. You ready for some quick fire questions? Uh Oh, all right. I'm going to do my best. Okay. Here you go. What was your favorite subject in school? Oh, math. Math. Okay. What's your guilty pleasure? Wine. Red wine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Any, any, any particular? Um, no, I, I don't like the heavy stuff. I'm uh, usually like a Pinot Noir or a light cab type of guy. Yeah. You'd, you'd like New Zealand then. We do some good Pinots down here. Nice. Yeah. If you could have any superpower, what would you choose? Oh, that's, that's a toughie. Um, Super speed. I'd like to be able to, you know, move around, do things, travel, that type of stuff a lot faster. Nice. Would you rather explore space or the ocean? Space. Okay. How did you meet your best friend? I'm going to go with on the internet. <laughs> okay. It was um, Match.com. It's my wife, believe it or not. Wow. So. Very good. Very good. Um, what's one thing that really stands out from your childhood? I think the thing from the childhood that really stood out was my 
Oh, that's a tough one. I, so I must like a super nerd, but it was my love of numbers. It was I, I liked to play number games like in my brain when I couldn't sleep or otherwise. I, I, I liked that. So that's a terrible answer, but that's my answer. No, it's good. It's good. Shane, it's been great having you on the show. Tell the audience where they can kind of check out your material. What's your, where can they find you on, you know, the various social media channels? Um, so you can go out to YouTube and you can just search for Power Apps or Power Apps and Shane and you will find, I have about a hundred different videos that kind of do different things in the Power Platform. It's not the Power Show or any of that, just the Power Platform stuff. Um, on Twitter, I'm at Shane's Cows. Or you can always find me at powerapps911.com, which is, you know, my company website. Yay! Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and and what, you know, Shane shared is he's definitely one of the gurus in our industry. And I hope you found that insightful. Full show notes for this episode can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 235. If you're interested in taking your career to the next level, check out the 90-Day Mentoring Challenge. It's free. Go to my website, nz365guy.com, and take a look at mentoring. It's a 90-day challenge, which uh, covers all the bases kind of thing around Microsoft business apps and and taking your career to the next level. Uh, Sign up if you're interested, and on the next intake, uh, I will be in touch. Anyhow, have a great week. Ciao for now.